What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I knew you weren't sleeping. Oh, no, I've been up for, for hours. I yeah. just, uh... Enough since three. I was like, I know he's not sleeping. He just doesn't see this DM. But it's negative 15 degrees in there. That's... Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know the show was an hour early. He's in a cryo chamber. Just looking at myself. I just look tired today. I just look tilted today because I am. Welcome to the Monday Night Football Strategy Show presented by awesome.com. I'm Dave Lachron. With me as always, Matt Gajeski and AB, former defensive end for the Chicago Bears, at Alex Brown96 on Twitter, at Matt Gajeski, Matt underscore Gajeski, sorry, on Twitter, and myself at Lafay underscore D, L O U G H Y underscore D. Matt. Last night, I'm in two of my, I'm in two dynasty championships, okay? And the one I somehow tie. Now, imagine this. I tied in the quarter, or I tied in the quarterfinals in the same league, which has never happened to me ever before. I win with a tiebreaker bench points. I lose this one by the bench points tiebreaker, but let me tell you why. I tie at 132 to 132. I had Sammy Watkins. He threw an interception. He threw an interception. And I tied, which if I got that one point back, I win. Or what about the Jalen Hurts fumble that wasn't a fumble? I'm pissed off. I'm tilted, but we're here to talk football. What's going on, dude? Man, I kind of feel responsible for this because I've been talking about Sammy Watkins. He stinks. He stinks. Just be done with him. This is this happened to me in 2019. It happened to me in 2020. You see the Sammy Watkins three touchdown game. It happens every year. And after that, you're telling yourself, all right, he's with Patrick Mahomes. He runs around at every drop back. We got to play Sammy Watkins. And he just routinely disappoints. And in your your case, man, the ultimate disappointment. Yeah, A.B., it's not like he didn't catch enough passes. It's he didn't catch enough passes. And then he got picked off. You can't you can't beat that. He was so close to throwing a touchdown, man. So close, and it was such a great play that they dialed up, and then Mahomes, Mahomes couldn't even break it up. I was like, Mahomes, at least break it up. I mean, you want your guys to break up the interception, right. <laughs> break it up. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't get it done. I know you got home early this morning yes, on a I flight, did. and then you found out that we start this show an hour earlier than usual. Uh, I mean, I just look like I just woke up. I didn't, but it hasn't been too long. I can assure you of that much. We've got Buffalo and New England. I can tell you one thing. Buffalo gets up for this game, and they be the reason I say that isn't because New England's threatening to take the division from them. They're not. They've won, I think, seven, or 16 and 17 seasons. The only one they didn't win was when Matt Castle was in there. I think 2008, Tom Brady tore his ACL. But it's it's very rare, very rare, especially in my lifetime, that we come into a week 16 Monday night football game between uh, Buffalo and New England, and Buffalo is the team that's got the division by the balls. 
Oh, absolutely, man. I tell you what, this is going to be this is going to be a game where Buffalo wants to just blow them out. I mean, not many times. There's not many guys on this team that were not necessarily on the team, but there aren't many guys on this team that were alive the last time Buffalo yeah. was beating uh, New England like this. So I remember in 05, 06, 07, 08, it was that time where Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers they were kind of uh, changing the, I guess, the the baton a little bit in Green Bay, and Mike McCarthy was there, and uh, it was his first couple years, and we were good, and they weren't. And my gosh, we just wanted to beat the dog out of them because, I mean, they're they're a really good team. They're a really good organization. So when you do have the upper hand on them, you really want to stick it to them. So I can really see Buffalo just going after them tonight, pulling out all the tricks. We're happy to have all of you guys with us, as always. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. And subscribe to the channel. We're almost there. We're north of 45,500 subs. We're going to get to 50 before you know it, all thanks to you guys. So if you like what we do here, if you think we've helped you along the way, uh, you know, we have good content. Having A.B. here, whenever Matt does his college football, Matt's doing a lot of stuff right now, particularly NFL, college football, college basketball, all of that great stuff. Maybe you just love Jordan Klein producing the show. And you say, you know what, I want to subscribe for that reason. Whatever it is, we welcome you. And if you hate it, just click unsubscribe. You'll never have to hear from us again. But help us get to 50K. And plus, you'll always know when we show up on your recommended feed, your browse feature. You'll always know when we go live. So hit that hit that thumbs up and let's dive into it. Matt, um, this game right now, Buffalo laying seven on the road. Seven-point favorites, 46-point total. And they are just a markedly better team than the New England Patriots this season. You don't see it too often. I think early in the year, there was a notion that, oh, wow, look, Cam Newton against Seattle. Maybe he's the real deal. Maybe Bill Belichick is a football god, and he is going to take them back to the, to the Super Bowl. That has not been the case. And the Buffalo Bills have surpassed every expectation of mine. I thought they would be good. I did not think they would be this good this year. I am with you 100%, particularly on the Bills being a lot better than I expected. Stefan Diggs has helped that offense immensely. I don't think that can be overstated. I do think the Patriots are still a good team. I think they have a good defense. But for Cam Newton in particular, man, he's just lacking pass catchers, trotting out Jacoby Myers, no Julian Edelman. It's been rough for Newton. And as you can see, their run rate is the second highest in the league. So they're not even trying to disguise that they don't have a semblance of a pass game right now. It's been rough for the Patriots. I hope they can do some things this offseason to get some pass catchers in there, maybe help that situation out. All right. Well, then let's kick it off with you, Matt. We'll stay here on the Buffalo side of the football. They've got a lot of talent, and you already talked about a lot of it. The fact that John Brown hit the IR really began to, to open things up. Now, I don't know. They The Bills have until today – or I'm sorry, not today. The Bills had um, time to activate – John Brown, but let's talk, let's back up for a second. Okay. Um, because there was talk of him potentially returning for week 16. What does this offense look like with and without him? Because from what I've seen recently, guys like Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley have been lighting the world on fire with John Brown watching from the sidelines. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty good with John Brown out there too. And I'm not, uh, listen, by the way, I'm not saying that John Brown makes them better, but it, do, it did feel like the offense became a bit more concentrated between those two very good football players. Oh, yeah, that I agree with for sure. 
And I, I don't think John Brown's return, potential return, we'll call it, would affect Stefan Diggs whatsoever. He's going to be the alpha for this team. His target share is just shy of 30% this year. He's seen at least 11 targets in three of his last four games. He's above nine if you want to extend that back even further. And this extends to Cole Beasley, too. He's had at least 10 targets in each of their last three games as well. But when John Brown does return, he typically functions as the wide receiver, too, here. I think Beasley's played well enough to remain maybe the wide receiver one. He's a very different receiver than John Brown, typically functioning as like a slot underneath type threat. But John Brown's return, I think, would at least muddy the target waters for this team a little bit, particularly for Beasley. Yeah, I think it would, too. And um, so they have until, what, 4 o'clock today to activate John Brown? Yeah, uh, they they did release or put – I can't remember if they released him or put him on the practice squad, but Jake Kumaro had been active for them. So I was reading a Buffalo beat this morning, and he was speculating through, you know, reading the tea leaves. All right. Maybe putting him on the practice squad or the release. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, Brown was, could be back. Yeah, that okay. was the speculation from the Buffalo beat. AB, you're in a good spot right now. Your your Bears went on a six-game losing skid, and now they have put themselves squarely in the postseason conversation. Buffalo Bills fans feeling very similar. They are a very, very good team. Do you expect them to come in here and beat up on the Patriots? I know you said they want to. Do you think they will? And if so, how are you attacking this passing game that has really a number of really solid options? Oh, man. I, I, I really... But not... We're losing you, man. Your connection's bad. It's bad. Wow. All right. Let's see. I'm going to come back to you, A.B., Okay. All right. Um, Matt, with, with Stefan Diggs to, to drill down a little bit more on this, he's been targeted an absurd amount of times recently. Let me just give you an example of this. John Brown's last game that he played, right? It's pretty easy to forget because it was so long ago now. John Brown's last game he played was week 10. He had been targeted tw- uh, 19 times between week 9 and week 10. Since week 11, where he was at, uh, Diggs, well, week 12, because they had a bye. Diggs has been targeted 9, 10, 14, and 13 times. Even going back to with Diggs, uh, John Brown on the field, 10, 12, 9, 11, 8, 16. The target volume for Stefan Diggs this year isn't just high. It's rivaling the most targets in the league for any other player. Yeah, it's absolutely enormous. And I do not think John Brown's return would necessarily affect it very much, maybe drop off a target or two here, but you're still looking at a player who's arguably like a going to be top five of targets the rest of the way too. So Stefan Diggs, I think he's locked in. You can play him at captain. You can play him in your utility spot and feel good about it almost everywhere. Yeah. Um, the, the, right now he's got to be top three in targets. I got to pull it up, but uh, AB, what are you doing with the passing game for Buffalo? Give me one second. I'm I'm going on on my. You're good now. You sound good now. Oh, I do. Okay. Uh, passing game with Buffalo for me. I'm. It has a lot to do with. Um, hold on. With. With New England's uh, defense and how they how they attack offenses, right? So they want to take away your your best receiver, and they have a they have a corner and and JC that he can play, man. And I, I think he'll follow Diggs all over the place. And I think it'll be Beasley and Knox and and those guys that get the benefit. Now, it's going to be up to Allen to not want to force it to Diggs because we're talking about a corner that's second in the league in interceptions 
with, I think he has eight interceptions. So you don't want to try him too much because, I mean, this is how you, this is how you can lose a game like this when you're, even though you're the better team and that's turning the ball over. So I, I hope that Allen can uh, recognize this and just get to Knox and Beasley and those guys and just kind of win the game that way, as opposed to trying to go to Diggs like he loves to do. That's why Diggs is one of the top re receiving uh, pass catchers in the league because he throws the ball to him all the time. So, but tonight just might not be one of those nights to get him 14, 15 targets. Interesting. Okay. So you could see yourself shying away from that a little bit. Yeah. I, I just pulled it up, Matt. He's second in the league in targets. He's one behind DeAndre Hopkins, but he's also played one fewer game. So after today, assuming Diggs has more than one target, he will be leading the league in targets. Um, he will be leading the league in receptions. He's already tied with Hopkins, one fewer game. Uh, and he will very possibly be leading the league in yardage. He needs 68 yards, uh, sorry, 58 yards to, to lead the league in, in yards after today. So when, when all is said and done, yards, targets, receptions will all be Stefan Diggs. It's amazing. And I'm so happy he's out of Minnesota. Like, Finally seeing him being used in this way is just fantastic. And it's what so can we true. do to get the Minnesota coaching staff fired so we can see Justin Jefferson used like this? Like, can we please get that? Oh, he just popped up in another spot. <laughs> <laughs> what about, Matt, the, the whole Beasley situation? You discussed it a little bit. And then, A.B., we'll get your take on some of these secondary guys because I know okay. you're probably higher on them. Mm -hmm. Beasley's prices has come up, Matt, and this is what makes it a little bit uh, more complicated than it would have. You're paying a premium for him. 10000 in the flex spot on DraftKings is pretty remarkable. Is that a is that a really prohibitive price if John Brown is back and not limited? Because it seems a little bit scary to me. It is, but I don't see a lot of other options that you feel great about. You know, if John Brown comes back, you assume that it's going to take most of Gabriel Davis's time on the field. So Davis is going to be out of play. Knox is very expensive himself. And then you're looking at like an expensive, an expensive Buffalo defense. So who else are we playing on this Buffalo team? Unless you just go down and punch on Brown, I think you kind of have to eat the Cole Beasley salary and just find your punt somewhere else. Look, it's a good point. And Beasley has double-digit targets in three straight games. Uh, I, I think one important point to make to AB, and mm -hmm. there's no reason we can ignore this, Buffalo doesn't like running the football anymore. Like they, this team – is just throwing the football as much as humanly possible. And I get it. They drafted Zach Moss. I think Devin Singletary is better than most do. But outside of that long run he had to, to ice the game the other week, that 51-yard run against Denver, he did nothing. He had eight attempts. They want to throw the ball as much as humanly possible. I don't know if it's going to work, but there has been so much passing volume to go around on this team that maybe Matt's right. Maybe John Brown's reintroduction into this offense doesn't make as big a difference as I'm making it out to be. I, I think it gives them a different dimension. I mean, I, I know that and this is going to sound really weird, but Diggs and Beasley are kind of the same player. They're not, they're not a player that can take the top off a of defense, even though we see Diggs get, get, uh, get plays deep, but they're not fast. John Brown is fast. Like, he can run. Okay, he can run by guys, and that's we see Diggs get by guys, but it's because of route running and he's stuff a like spectacular that. route runner, yeah. Yeah, it's not like he's just a blazer, right? So I think that was the that was his problem. Um, why he went so late uh, coming out in the draft because he just wasn't a fast guy. So 
But John Brown can run, and it gives him a different dimension. And I think, I mean, I can see myself kind of fading digs a little bit and going more to John Brown because you don't need a lot of catches from him. You can get four or five catches from John Brown and have four receptions for 80 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you really can't get that. So uh, I think that's the dynamic that John Brown brings, and nobody else uh, on that on that Buffalo offense really brings that. What do you make of the the run game here? It's it's by the uh, way, it's it's crazy, right? That you look at all of the teams, most of the teams that are bottom in the league in pat in rush attempts. Usually, you would think a lot of them were bad teams, but mm-hmm. the Bills and and the Steelers are down there. Even the Bucks are down there in the bottom six, and, mm-hmm. and they're they're all teams with winning records. So they're just leaning on the run. Is there any merit to saying, all right, I'll take some shots with Devin Singletary or I'll take some shots with Zach Moss today against a pretty pedestrian front seven for this uh, New England team? I mean, it definitely looks that way. It looks like they're going to have to learn that. And I think this is a game, this is the game that they can actually do that and get, like, get ready for the playoffs because in the playoffs, you win by running the football and by stopping the run. That's how you win. So, I think they'll use this game and they'll try. I think they'll try to get that going. If it gets going, then I think Zach Moss can be a huge um, play tonight because I don't think a lot of people have him because the Buffalo Bills, they throw the ball so much. Now, I like Singletary because he brings a little bit more into the passing game. So if it does get into a different game script where it, it is a competitive game or they fall behind two touchdowns, which I don't think they will, but if they do, then Singletary is their guy because he's going to be there and catching the ball out of the backfield, and they'll just do what they love, and that's throwing the football. Yo, why weren't you using this camera the whole time, man? It looks so much better. <laughs> because I can't find them. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not tech savvy. <laughs> oh, so you just couldn't figure out how to hook it up. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Matt, what about the run game for the Bills? Yeah, I think he hit on it pretty well. It's a 50-50 timeshare, and my slight lean is towards Devin Singletary for all the reasons A.B. mentioned. He's just a better pass catcher. The one concern I have with Singletary is his goal line role being the much smaller back to Moss with Buffalo projected to win this game by a significant margin. I think the touchdown expectation is just a little higher for Moss, but this is splitting hairs here. I think they're both middling plays. In GPPs, that makes them very interesting because they do not project for much ownership, and you are talking about a touchdown favorite here in the Bills. So last night, I don't know if you either of you guys played a showdown slate uh, to stick with you for a second, Matt. But what you saw was in order to get good lineup, I only played one lineup. It just so happened to have A.J. Dillon and Equinemius St. Brown. Great stuff, right? Also had Devontae Adams at the captain spot. I had Aaron Rodgers and I had a zero from Corey Davis. So that was awesome. Beautiful way to cap off the day. I bring that up not to tilt, uh, but to say this is going to be another one of these games where if you want to play Allen and Diggs, you're going to be behind the eight ball immediately. If you're hand building lineups, you're going to have to make some really difficult decisions and get to some really cheap options. I don't know if there are any of those on the bills to feel good about if Brown returns, Matt, maybe there are, you can talk to me about them and also just share your overall thoughts on Josh Allen, who is 18, nine. If you want to roster him at the captain spot, 12, six in the flex. Yeah, I think you're playing Josh Allen no matter what, outside of just massive GPPs. And in your low-risk contests, contests that don't have many entries overall, I think Josh Allen's probably your preferred captain. Just the floor with him is so good. 
And I like him in the flex and large field tournaments just because you can access maybe a ceiling with one of his pass catchers, get a hundred yard bonus and some PPR value. And then you have that stack, which is going to be phenomenal. As far as value on the bill side of things, I don't really see any outside of John Brown. And if John Brown is inactive, I think the cheapest viable Buffalo bill is Gabriel Davis, which is not much value whatsoever. When we start looking at the punt plays, there's, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, who is going to be a part-time player, even if John Brown isn't active on this team. So I don't think Isaiah McKenzie is worth a look. There's Lee Smith at the minimum who played 30 snaps last week, but he's a blocker. He only ran nine routes. I don't see much value here. Yeah. Gabriel Davis was at least getting 50 or plus percent of snaps when John Brown was, was healthy AB, but outside of that, there are not a lot of guys to feel supremely confident in when it comes to this Buffalo bills team. If we're talking about discounted players to punt someone all the way to the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. And if John Brown comes back, I mean, I'm with Matt. I mean, he's the, I think he's the play and he's yeah. super cheap. I mean, honestly, like if you get him and I don't know if uh, people want to do this, but if you get him in your captain spot, it just frees up so much more that you can um, put in there. And I mean, now you can get Allen, you can get uh, Diggs, uh, Sony Michelle, and now you still got 15,000 left to do something with, you know, position so it's just I mean he frees up a lot um I think he used I don't think he's on a if he's active he's not on a pitch count he is gonna play so and that's I, when he I think he came back um I'm not sure how he ended up uh the last time he came back but I thought he did pretty well in his first game back he got a lot of targets I thought so um I think he's the player for me as a cheap option um if he is uh, active yeah, I don't think it's the craziest idea at all. We haven't projected out right now uh, mm-hmm. with our awesome ownership projections, but that's just because we haven't got any word yet whether or not he'd definitively be activated or not. Matt, like you said, uh, they they uh, put someone back. Did they release? I forget what it was, but essentially they made they made some roster uh, room on the 53-man roster. Hopefully that'll be for John Brown because he is cheap. But I would suspect, Matt, that if John Brown is active and not limited – he is going to be extraordinarily popular today. And he deserves to be there. It's a slate that doesn't have much va- much value whatsoever. It's not like, you know, the Saints on Christmas Day where you could play these minimum guys. We're really struggling to find salary, and people are going to try to go down to these plays like John Brown in order to get Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. So I do think he'll be very popular if activated. Uh, AB, do you have any interest in the Buffalo defense or in you in the kicking game, which you have been able to nail most of these weeks, Tyler Bass, maybe he can put some work in today against the Patriots. Uh, kickers and defense, anything here? Absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I think Buffalo will move the ball up and down the field. If I don't, I don't think New England defense is a pushover by any means. I I think they will get stops. I think um, I'm not sure how accurate. Um, uh, Allen is so on those third downs. I mean, he'll have to convert, and if he can't, now you get opportunities from Baz. So uh, he's he's missed some this year, but he's averaging I think right around ten, nine, ten points uh, fantasy points a game. Uh, he could definitely outscore um, some guys that let's say if you get you got a bunch of people that want Zach Moss or um, or even Singletary, and he can definitely outscore those guys with a couple long kicks. So um, they're definitely in play. And the defense, I mean, just Cam, I mean, if they can stop the run and they make Cam or 
they stop the run, make camp pass, or they get in a situation where they're 14 points and make camp pass the ball. I mean, they have so many opportunities to make plays and score on defense. It's just going to be insane. So, because uh, Cam not very good in the pocket. Matt, without looking, what do you think Cam Newton's touchdown to interception ratio at home is this year? At home? Yeah. He's, I don't know. I don't think it's great. Just take a guess. He's played six home games. He's maybe, I even want to say just like one for one. I think that'd be good for him. Two to eight. Jeez. Oh, man. Two touchdowns to eight interceptions for anybody wondering. Nice. What do you think his touchdown to interception ratio is on the season? It's, I know this is not good. I know he's thrown more interceptions. Five to ten. He has five passing touchdowns this year. Man, he's playing with some of the worst receivers I've ever seen in his defense. Yeah, okay, there's no defense. Let's not do that. I mean, yes, they are bad. But even Carson Wentz threw 27 touchdowns to nobody's last year. Oh, I'm not saying it's good. Okay. No, look, you're right. He does not have good weapons. You're right. No Julian Edelman. I'm not going to argue that at all. Five touchdowns, 13 games into the year, man, that is tough. He has, however, rushed for 11 touchdowns. When you throw that into the mix, that starts to make things a little bit more interesting. Does it make you excited about him? Certainly not. But he is on track to play today. So we're going to talk about the Patriots, and we're going to start with Newton. But before we do, guys, you still have a couple days to get in on the Caruso promo. For $1, you get all of our NBA content from ownership projections to player projections to the boom bust tool. But we only have a couple days left on that. Now, if you wanted to do that, I would suggest you do because even $1 for one or one day for a dollar is worth it with all of the information you're getting, all of the articles, all of the tools built by the number one ranked DFS player in the world who uses him, them himself. He didn't just slap his name on him. These are the tools that he's used to win millions of dollars playing DFS. But I was thinking about this today. The best, one of the best things to do right now, if you're looking to get in to, to, to content at, at Osimo and see what we have, but maybe you're on a budget. Maybe you're just, you know, you, you, you went to another premium site and they burned you and now you're skeptical. There's no reason to be skeptical, of course. But the NFL Express Weekly Package includes a lot of main slate content, right? A lot of the major stuff, but also all of the showdown content. So I thought to myself, for $3.95 a week, with, with the season winding down, you think, oh, why would I want to do that? But then with playoffs coming up, you're going to be getting a lot of showdown content, a lot of showdown games for less than $4 a week. So that's the express pass. We have all access monthly, weekly, annual, annually, something for everyone, no matter what sport, if you play one sport, if you play every sport, if you play occasionally, if you play every day, go to awesome.com slash join, check it out and hit me up on Twitter at Lafayette underscore D. If you have any questions, I'm happy to help you out. All right. Um, New England Patriots, Cam Newton, what do you, we have to start with him, Matt. What, what are we doing with Cam Newton? And, and can we roster him hoping that maybe some rushing upside can get us where we need to go? Yeah, I think that's why you'd roster him. He's not expensive. I mean, you're paying less than essentially all of the main bill skilled position players, and you're getting a player who touches the ball in every single play. I think the concerns with Cam Newton aren't exactly, you know, efficiency related. I'm more concerned about him getting benched with the Patriots having nothing to play for and maybe trying mm-hmm. to evaluate Jarrett Stidham. They're not going to start Jared Stidham in this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if Newton struggles early in the game if they don't turn to Stidham a little earlier than they might. 
So I think you can roster him. He's more of a GPP play to me. The upside is there, but there is a lot of risk today. AB, they have a, uh, the Patriots have an implied total below 20 fantasy points. It's been a while since you saw stuff like that, right? It was in the Bill Belichick era. They're, they're set their touchdown dogs at home where Newton has struggled, but he struggled everywhere. How much does the rushing upside play into the decision for you to roster him or not roster him? Uh, it's, it's huge. I mean, I, I think uh, that's what he does. That's where you're going to get your points from. You're not going to get your points from, uh, from him throwing the ball, uh, being, being down by 14 or 17 points and him having to bring him back. It will be on his, uh, with his feet and he has to, He'll have in zone a couple of times if he's I mean, if you're gonna roster him in the in the captain spot, he's gonna have to get in the end zone a couple of times rushing the ball. I mean, that's that I, I think that's the way he can be the MVP of the game. But if they win, if New England wins, it will be because Cam has a that that's the only way. Um and I don't think it's I mean, we just talked about him. He has five touchdown passes on the season, so it's not gonna be it's probably not gonna be through there. It's going to be, and that's going to, I think that brings in a Sony Michelle or, or some of those they have that are bringing us to, um, to help carry that load, but it will be running the ball. Sure. And, and by the way, I don't, you, you talk about, is he on a short leash? Could he be benched to evaluate Jared Stidham? Matt, I saw you mentioned it in chat. I was going to mention the exact same thing. I don't think that there is much to evaluate at all here when it comes to Jared Stidham. I think this team has a pretty good understanding of what they have because if they didn't, right, they probably would have been starting Jared Stidham over the past couple of weeks. They haven't. They continue to run Cam Newton out there, which pretty much suggests that they don't think that Jared Stidham is going to give them any more of a chance to win games at this point. And really, do they want to win games at this point? Do they want to get a better draft pick? I don't know. But when it comes down to Cam Newton throwing the football, Matt, do you roster him naked? Which, if you're new to this show, if you're new to DFS terminology, we're not talking about physically naked, but without any pass catchers. I mean, you can do both if you want. Uh, but he's he's passing for just no yards, right, at all. Um, he is Is it... Cam Newton by himself, or can we just run out a, a cheap pass catcher to pair him with and hope that we get one of those Jacoby Meyer type games like we saw uh, several weeks back where he popped off? I think you can still roster Cam Newton. And to your point on Jared Stidham, I think there's a chance Newton gets benched. I don't think it's fantastic. I think Jared Stidham is just not someone they need to evaluate at this point. He's been horrific through his career. He's completing 54% of his career passes and he has a negative touchdown interception ratio. It's not a huge sample, but that's very bad for someone who's playing in garbage time only. Cam Newton, I think, is on an extended tryout. For him, it's probably more or less, can the Patriots evaluate him now and maybe take a stab on him in the future if they can build some guys around him? As far as how to use Newton today, you're more than comfortable using him naked just because of the rushing upside he gives. You already mentioned the 11 rushing touchdowns this year. That does hurt some of the backs in New England as well. As far as stacking him, I think it's viable because his pass catchers are all really cheap. There's guys like Demir Bird and Nikhil Harry who run routes on most of the dropbacks that are just near the minimum price. And I think you can run out those stacks. You probably won't feel good about them. But in tournaments, at least you're getting pass catchers on the field for almost every single dropback. You're right. And how many dropbacks are there going to be? I don't know. How many accurate passes are there going to be, Matt? Neither of us know. But as long as they're out there, as long as you're giving yourself as long as you're put in a position to be there when it happens, 
That's really all that matters in showdown slates, right? Even if, you know, sometimes we'll say, listen, this guy's on the field for 85% of snaps. He's only targeted a few times a game. But at least if as long as he's out there, it's better than a guy who's watching from the sidelines, even if he's not getting targeted consistently. Yeah, I agree with you. And we need value on the slate. And it's no guarantee John Brown plays. So say John Brown doesn't play today and the cheapest viable option on Buffalo is Gabriel Davis. He's not cheap either you're probably going to have to look at a Patriots pass catcher tonight, not feel great about it, but I just don't see another way to access the ceiling of the expensive players without one. That is the problem. Look, that's why I went with ESB yesterday and, and AJ Dillon and it happened to work. A lot of times that is not going to work, right? AJ Dillon isn't going to have a career game. Uh, St. Brown is not going to score on a 21-yard touchdown. It doesn't always happen, but if you wanted to get to expensive players yesterday, remember, there was Rodgers, there was Adams, there was Jones, there was Derrick Henry, uh, there was A.J. Brown. There were a lot of really good players, and it's the same thing on this slate, but most of them all coming from the same team, A.B. Who are the cheap wide receivers or pass catchers for the Patriots that you're willing to look at? Myers is probably the guy for me. In this sense, I mean, uh, you got to think about how many and what I think about is how many targets they're going to get. I mean, it's just who's going to get the the looks and they're probably not going to catch a touchdown. But if they can get, if they still can get to five, six catches um, and maybe 80 yards or something like that, if you can sneak a touchdown, then I mean, I think um, I think that's the way you go. And looking at Jacoby Myers, is, I mean, I think he's the guy that like, he's the main guy on that offense. When they want to throw the ball or when Cam wants to throw it, I think that's where they're going to go. Uh, so I, would, I wouldn't look past him, though. I would be, that would be the pass catcher I'm looking at uh, for New England. That's it. All right. Yeah, they are not expensive either. I mean, when your most expensive player is Jacoby Myers at 7,200, it's, it, it's not hard to get there. What about, uh, A.B., the, the run game here? The, the yeah. problem with, with, with Patriots players who are listed as questionable, usually the entire team is listed as questionable each week, right? But Damian Harris actually didn't play last week. He logged a pair of limited practices uh, this uh, last week before he was ruled out, and he's pretty much on the same track of doing something similar this week. Do we think Harris is going to play? Because if he doesn't, Sonny Michelle might not be a special talent. I think we all know he's not but he should lead the team in rushing attempts if, if Harris sits. Yeah. Well, I mean, once again, what we're talking about is opportunity, right? You can't, yep. you can't break that big one unless you get an opportunity um, to, to actually break that big one. So he'll, he'll be the guy, the, the running back in the backfield. Um, he'll be doing all the RPOs with Cam and the guy they're looking at in those RPOs will be, will be Jacoby. So, um, Jacoby Myers. So I, I think that's the way you go is those three guys. Uh, I, I mean, rostering all three, I think would be, uh, I think that'd be a little different. Um, I'd probably try to get one, maybe two of them. Um, but that's it. I, if I can see a game script where Jacoby Meyer gets, I don't know, um, 12 targets in this game. Right. So they're down early and now they're just throwing the ball, trying to come back because, I mean, New England is not just going to lay down and just say, okay, here, beat us by 30, you know? So we're just going to run this game out. So even though I think um, Belichick has hinted at, let's just get this season the hell over with. Matt, 
Do you like the run game if Harris plays, or do you like the run game if Harris is out? Uh, what do you say about it? I think the run game is interesting just because of how much they're running. Second highest run rate in the league. Obviously, a lot of that does go to Cam Newton, but we've seen some pretty big games from these New England runners at various points. I think Harris is something you'll need to watch. Like our live before lock stream, again, can't stress how crucial the live before lock stream is when we have some of these injuries. And it's not just the New England RBs today. Of course, it's John Brown with Harris. Yeah, so this live before lock will be very important tonight. Harris is expensive, but I think he's in play just because his touches are pretty secure. He's averaging 14.4 in games he's been active. Sony Michelle is almost the one-for-one replacement, at least on early downs for Harris. So at a cheaper price, I think Michelle would become a much more attractive play, have a lot of touchdown equity. I know the Patriots overall aren't projected to score many touchdowns, but in the red zone, I think it'll be Cam and Sony Michelle handling that work. And outside of that, James White, you know, he's a dart thrower. We know what James White does. More attractive in negative game script with the Patriots. The Patriots project to see that tonight. So I think he's interesting in the flex even. Okay. I agree with you. Um, all in all, someone's going to need to move the ball for the Patriots. Does it mean that they will move it competently uh, and efficiently? No, not necessarily. But they're going to get opportunities to do so. And that's what we're looking for, Matt. Is there anyone else on the Patriots side of the ball that is worthwhile? I think maybe if you need a punt play and we don't get John Brown opening up, you could look to somebody like Nikhil Harry. He's still running a route on a majority of the dropbacks. His target volume is very bad, but he's former first round pick. They could be evaluating him late in the year because he's been horrible this year. They also have their two rookie tight ends who've played increasingly over the last couple of weeks. Dalton Keene played on 29 of 55 snaps ran 18 routes. That was just eight routes behind Nikhil Harry. He's a fraction of the price, just barely above the min. So Dalton Keene, if you're just completely punting, I don't feel good about him. He's definitely not as secure as maybe like the Saints we saw on Christmas Day, but he's there. A.B., anyone else for the Patriots that you like? No. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Uh, Do you? Okay, well, let me ask you this, though. No. You have some respect for the Patriots defense. Are you willing to take some shots there? Uh, and or are you willing to take some shots in the kicking game? Is is it fault? I don't even know if he's going to play because he's always uh, he's always questionable. But my assumption is he's been questionable every game and he always plays. So he should be active tonight as well. No, I'd, I'd honestly stay away. I mean, I'm really stupid. Um, maybe the kicking game. I can, I can definitely see uh, – New England moving the ball up and down the field, um, getting in position, not necessarily getting in the end zone, but getting close so they can get points. Um, yeah, I can see uh, if you're getting some opportunities, but the defense, I mean, it's just too many bullets to dodge here. I mean, we're talking about an yeah. offense that can get up and down the field and will get in the end zone, whether that's running the ball with the quarterback, running the ball out of the backfield or throwing it, which is what they love to do. So I would definitely stay away from New England's um, defense. But I, I definitely keep them in mind when building my lineup because everybody wants digs. I'm telling you, J.C. Jackson is a real deal, okay? He is the real deal. And a little note, I want to say he and Diggs were at Maryland together. And, I mean, just one kid being like – and if, even if they weren't, I mean, that's a that's an inside deal where it's like, okay, I got, I got, to, I got to show up for the home team and I got to make sure I play well. So – I think both of them will feel that way and they'll go after each other tonight. So I think it's something that, that really should be watched. And 
Faden Diggs is just not out of my uh, realm of possibilities tonight. I, I, I'm leaning more towards doing that than not. All right, so we're going to build a lineup to close this show out. And be sure to stick around afterwards. Look, we got so much coming up today. The NBA strategy show will be following us immediately after. Well, not immediately because we're probably going to get out of here a few minutes earlier than the hour mark. Jason Floyd, Greg Ehrenberg at 10 a.m. Then at 11, the NFL strategy show. It's the last Monday morning quarterback show of the week or of the season with Adam Scher and myself and Josh Ingleman. It's a really fun show. I promise it'll change the way you look at DFS, or maybe I won't promise that, but I think it'll change the way you evaluate lineups and weeks and what you did right, wrong, and different, all of that stuff. It's great. Uh, And then Matt already pointed it out. You have the NBA Deeper Dive tonight at 5, Live Before Lock, uh, or 5.30, Live Before Lock at 6.30, and then NFL Live Before Lock with Emac and Kyle Dvorak at 7.30. So just covered, wall-to-wall coverage here. Uh, on the Awesome o YouTube channel. And remember, if you want, we have free content on the site today. The NFL showdown rankings are free, and we're doing a giveaway. Just go to awesome underscore com on Twitter. Check it out. We're giving away um, a free Awesome o Plus NFL yearly pass, $250 value. You can use it for next year if you want, but uh, I would definitely recommend getting in on that. All you have to do is predict whether Cam Newton or Josh Allen will run, not pass, but run for more yards. And while you're there, follow AB, Alex Brown 96. Follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski and myself at Lafay underscore D, L O U G H Y underscore D. All right, boys, let's build a lineup. Let's have, let's have some fun with this. We, we talk a big game about, oh, you got to do this to, to, get, uh, to get these guys in your lineup. It's going to be difficult. You got to do this. So let's put this into action, okay? Um, I'm going to start it off with the captain spot. And I'm going to make it a little bit more difficult. I'm going to assume that John Brown plays, but I'm not going to throw him into the captain. I am going to go with Josh Allen at captain, and I'm going to see, Matt, if we can make something decent work. I think we can. There's enough value. Do you want to assume John Brown is active or inactive? I think that's Let's the assume first. he plays. Why not? Okay, then we got to play John Brown. Okay. All right, so John Brown definitely opens things up. 2,800. Um, now we have 7,075 remaining per player, A.B. Who do we want to go with here in the flex? Yeah, you guys took the easiest two guys. Come on, man. Damn right we did. <laughs> uh, let's go to Kobe Myers. Okay. I can dig that. Matt, who do you have? Or actually, no, no, no. I'm going here. We got uh, 7,000 per three players. That's the average. I I have to see if I can fit Diggs in here. I just I gotta try it. I gotta try it. That gives us five thousand per player remaining. That's not that bad. I think we could work with this. I think okay, so we're automatically not balanced in favor. I uh, we're not gonna have a balanced roster build. So I think we're probably gonna play at least four bills. Whoever you wanna go to after this, I'm not sure. Maybe one of the running backs. They're both a little expensive though. So I think we're going to have to punt something else. And looking at the cheap plays, so you could go down to like Dalton Keene. I don't feel great about that. I would rather get up to someone like Demir Bird, who is going to be out there at least on every single play. So Bird would be the pick here for me, but that kind of leaves you in a weird spot. Yeah, it does. Um, well, we can try it. I will say too that uh, just based on what you're seeing at tight end, maybe it's possible that that Dawson, Dawson Knox sees another opportunity uh, to score here and 
you know, Tyler Croft wasn't even active last week. He was a healthy scratch. So I'll just throw it out there because I don't think we talked about him. But uh, Dawson Knox, $5,600, also could make some sense if you need to get cheap and you want to go with a full-out Bills onslaught. But uh, Darius Bird, okay, or sorry, Demir Bird, 4000 that gives us oh it put us it puts us in that that running back category Matt but uh, AB fifty sixty one hundred dollars remaining we might have to go Dawson Knox I, I I like Dawson Knox so I I I think he'd be he'd be pretty good um add him to this lineup right here uh, let's go Dawson Knox all right and Matt what about what about a Bills defense in a spot like this I I could honestly see the Bills getting a defensive touchdown, you know, a, a recover, a fumble recovery, an interception, whatever, going up early and still having a great score at the end of the night. But Cam Newton is forced to throw heavily and actually has two of his receivers give us decent totals. If the Bills get up in this game, I think you will see that. And Cam Newton has been extremely turnover prone. So that is a good spot for the Bills. If the game remains competitive enough, the Patriots are not going to put the ball in Cam Newton's hands. They're going to try to run the ball, and that will lead to depressed opportunities for the Bills' defense to create turnovers. So I think you got to play the game script route. Decide if you think the Bills are going to win this game handily or if you think the game will be semi-close. I think that will determine whether you want Buffalo in your lineup. I'll say now, this is not going to be as hard to go Allen Diggs, uh, Allen Captain, Diggs Flex, or Diggs Captain, Allen, than, than I thought it was earlier in the week, so... Or sorry, earlier in the morning, meaning like 20 minutes ago. A.B., your favorite player from today. You get to put one player at the captain spot in a single entry lineup. Who's it going to be? Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. Matt? I'm kind of liking a contrarian Cole Beasley. I think people are going to try to play digs, obviously. The John Brown news is going to keep people away from Cole Beasley. So I think if you're looking for a contrarian captain, that's still an access point to Josh Allen and the Bills offense. Cole Beasley's not cheap. I think he'll come in lower owned. All right. I can dig it. I like it. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Sometimes bad football games make for the best DFS showdown slates. You all know that. Thanks for hanging out with us as always, guys. Remember, hit that thumbs up and subscribe. Help us get to 50K before the year is out. No, I'm kidding. That's literally impossible. But we'll get there soon enough, thanks to you. We'll see you back here soon. And remember, just 10 o'clock in uh, 13 minutes, Jason Floyd, Greg Ehrenberg, giving you your first look at the NFL slate, or NBA slate, on the Strategy Show. See you guys. Good luck tonight. We'll be back with you later for the Strategy Show Monday morning quarterback edition. Was that quarter entry? Nice, dude. Congrats. Why is the Christmas music on?